It's Wednesday night, and that means it's time for the Three Valleys Radio football podcast, quaintly named Football Bloody Hell. And boy, is that appropriate this week. On the show tonight, we've got Mr. Paul Thorpe, a shell shocked AD Hopper, a happy go lucky Ricky Hyatt, and a newcomer to the show, a Mr. Will Brummel, better known for his musical shows and his West Ham allegiance. So sit back and enjoy another edition of Football Bloody Hell. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Um, just say hello to our guest today. First of all, Rick. You all right, Rick? Yeah, not so bad. Thanking you. Good. And Paul Thorpe. All right, Paul. Good evening, everybody. I hope you're all well. We are. After an exciting weekend of football. Mm, shut up. And um, sat next to me is Will Brummel. Hello, Will. Hello, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Of course it is. So... I guess we'd better start with Oval Town then, haven't we? Just just by way of a change. So, um, as we all know, sadly, Yeovil lost. Also had a man sent off. Um, Paul, what do you make of it? I mean, Roots Hall's never an easy place to visit, is it? Let's be honest. But um, I was must admit, no. I was hoping that we would have done better than that. What did you think? Well, they just, just at the moment, they just can't get any uh, result over the line. You know, they play really, really well. They get a draw. They get in front. They, they get s- struck back. And I just think that um, having spoken to, to Josh, uh, as we all have, you know, the one good thing about it is that they, they feel that they don't, they're not losing confidence at the moment, which is really, but the longer it goes on, you know, you talk about Liverpool losing confidence. Your, your town must be losing confidence. But it, it feel, the feeling is in the camp that it's, there's not. But they just need to get a result over the line. And um, I think there is a massive game coming up, you know, and um, and that's the FA Cup game because that's a massive banana skin. And for Yeovil Town, for two, two big reasons, it's a, it's a massive game. One, you know, listen, financially, the club needs a good FA Cup run. Um, and two, for their confidence, it, they need a good cup run. But, you know, Taunton Town are... Um, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of like in the middle of their pack. They're 14th in the league. They've won three, drawn four and lost three. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a, could be a really good game 
for Yeovil Town season to get that little bit of confidence, but it's not going to be easy. Not going to be easy. But I think they just need to get a couple of results under their belt just so they can relax a bit more, like, you know? I I couldn't agree uh, more with Thorpe. He's talking sense for possibly the last time on this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely going to go downhill from here. But I think the thing with, with the Oval situation is, is they desperately need that first win because they've got the plaudits from us and from the supporters and everyone for the way that they're playing now. And the trouble is, the longer that goes without getting a definite a positive result out of it, maybe the players will lose faith in the, in the process. But they, they've played well enough to get results. And the Taunton Town thing is a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because you'd think Taunton Town should be a nice one to get a win maybe we'll rotate things around, but I don't think they can afford to. The, the needs to get that win are so, so great. Plus, there's also uh, an FA Cup run financially, home tie. You'd, you'd, you'd expect, you'd hope that they would put out a strong side, give Taunton a working over, and then hopefully that gets the season back on the back on the uh, rails yeah. and they, they get some reward for the way they've been playing. I don't know about you, Rick, but I think that the, the fact that it's home is, is, is huge. And yeah, I, I wouldn't. I would only. I'd want to go down there. Um, um, no. when you're uh, you know, Nick, go down there. Yeah, tight ground. You know, yeah. we, we go down there pre-season. It's never an easy game, is it? No. And it's going to be a massive game for Taunton, isn't it? They're going to huge. If it was down there, it would be a sellout, and it would be quite uh, quite an atmosphere. <clears throat> so uh, Yeovil have got the advantage at home. They've got to make it pay, really. They're certainly going to bring a few up here. For sure. I'd have thought so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really, it's, provided you ever get through it, it's it's like the perfect draw, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They've just got to get that result. I think there's, uh, we talked to in the commentary when uh, me and Dave, and uh, I, I spoke very, very um, briefly about the reaction. You get two reactions. You get the reaction when you go behind in a goal, and you get that reaction of when you're going in front. You know, the reaction when we're going in front is it, almost like when we're going behind. We don't seem to be able to keep the ball. And uh, possession football is is, is massive now, um, even down to the levels where I coached, you know, Western League and, and, and Southern League. It's, it's, it's massive, you know, and, uh, and, and it's part of football now, isn't it? It's about, like, retention of the ball, like. So I, what I'd like to see them do is, is just... Almost like kill the game off. Just keep practicing, passing the ball around, and um, and and keep um, making the opposition sort of work harder to try and get the ball back. But uh, we don't seem to be able take to do that. that take the moment. sting out of it, eh? Yeah, just take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just take what, the sting out. What's the old cliche? Teams never more vulnerable when they just scored a goal. And yeah, exactly. At the moment, we certainly are. I mean, look, the other day it was seven minutes. They look really comfortable. Then they score a goal, and then it all goes do lally. Yeah, yeah. And, if and they could when get you... through that and get like 20 minutes, 20 minutes holding on to the lead, then it'd be a different ball game, I think. But yeah. it's just that initial five, ten minutes after they've scored. You think the, the last home game, like, you know, they, they had uh, Little Pierce, Sam, Sam, you know, in front of the Worthington and Diaz. And and, um, and it was going really well. He was doing the little runs and he was getting the ball and made, causing real problems. You know, and it's not like we haven't got decent passes in midfield. We haven't got a strong... We've got a really strong midfield, I think, you know. Mm -hmm. Two really experienced players for this level of football. They know they can play higher. They know they can play football league. And um, I just don't see why 
why they're giving the ball away all the time soon straight after they score a goal and it's like having that composure listen to, to keep the ball and, and to, to actually you know when, when it's in the air to bring it down it takes a lot of uh, excuse my French but it takes a lot of balls to be able to like play football the way that you want need to when you're when when you're you know trying to kill the game off um, and a lot of composure but it also means that the, the people who are not on the ball have got to work harder to get in the positions to be able to receive the ball. You know, I don't see our forwards uh, working hard, what I call across the front of the line of the defence, to receive that, showing for the ball, like, you know. Um, we don't press high, uh, n- nothing like we used to, um, you know, under the previous management at times. Not all the time, but, you know, we're on our good days. And I think that that's something that we need to, um, to bring into our game. Because it's certainly... Fit enough to do it, and um, but I think that reaction when they when they go one nil up needs to be better, and um, and it needs to be more ruthless as well. Uh-huh. Well, it's a totally different game. Uh, yeah, they'll probably be, you know um, they'll be quite up up for that um, facing Yeovil, where they think it, that it, who are vulnerable at the moment. But um, and it's it's a way. Uh, so, but I, I I I certainly do believe that we've got the players. To be able to get a result there, you know, and um, I don't know where I don't know where Dorking are actually in the league. I'll just have a quick ganders. Dorking are tenth at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. they they've actually, you know, they've actually scored twenty two, but they've also let in twenty five. Yeah. So, but for for a team so they, that's they, only they, just they, come up to the league, um, you know, that that's that's not a bad performance, is it? To come up from uh, it's, not, it's not a bad it's not a bad performance you know as regards to scoring goals but you know they, they, it just shows they are still vulnerable um, you know they lost their last game they won the two in front of that so we can we can get at them you know and it's uh, I think we've got the players to do that I'm a bit disappointed that um, um, that you know, we've got a suspension up front um, but you know it, it, it's um, I think that the, I think we've got an opportunity now to to go away and, and surprise everybody and get a result. I mean, one point that, that I, I've noticed that uh, I had conversation with the manager at uh, the press conference is is the quality of refereeing, and there certainly seems to be a a distinct drop off in the quality of the refereeing. Now, I don't know what you thought when you saw the match that you last did commentary on, but uh, he was. Without you know, because you know what managers are—they like, can't say too much that's discriminating discriminating against the referee, or otherwise they'll be in trouble. But he doesn't seem that impressed. I mean, have you noticed a drop off, Paul? Uh, uh, yes, I have. Yeah, I, I, I thought he had a fairly decent first half. I thought he fell away second half uh, for me. The referee um, made a couple of like uh, one one thing that I look look at. I, I looked at the other night. I was watching my, my nephew play up at the street and. Um, you know, with a, a lady referee there, and, and and it's easy to go and say, right, well, you know, I'm not going to get onto that male be female, but she's a referee, and she's got a certain standard to keep to in 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 the Western League. And I didn't think she was fit enough. I honestly didn't think she was keeping up with play. It's so easy to just wander around the middle centre circle and 15, 20 yards either side of that, and 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 make decisions from. But you need to get when you get to the top level, Premier League referees. There's a decision. They're ten yards away. Their fitness levels are, are amazing, and I, I think that that although there's been lots and lots of problems with the referee and at Premier League level as well, I think they generally do a very good job. You know, and I'm not not one for uh, 
praising referees, as you know, with my past history, as my wife reminded me the other day. But um, the the actual level we are at a conference, it should be people are trying to get into the Football League for refereeing. You know, and, and I don't think it's been tailing off for the last probably four or five years for me. Um, not being good, not being good. And I think that when you think that they're trying to get up the ladder, it should be a better standard. What so do I you think, say the best one I've seen The best one I've seen this year? Yeah, lost your... A big reveal. Will uh, we ever find out if that referee was? No, we aren't, aren't we? Oh, oh, he's gone. He's gone. Anyway, um, Rick. <coughs> um, yes. I guess we've got to get on to it sooner or later because, uh, well, it's one of our main topics, obviously, is what happened at um, uh, Manchester City yesterday. Um, what happened? I missed it. <laughs> yeah, of course. You, well, you, I hope you did because you saved yourself a lot of heartache. But, um, yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, from a Manchester City point of view, it was it was brilliant. I mean, I, I can't really say anything else. It was just brilliant. Um, yeah, you know what, what can you is, what can you say um, about as a team? They are well. I think they're unbeatable. Different level. They're a different level. And and let's face it. At the moment, United is, is trust the process. Trust the manager. Finally made a a decent decision and got a good manager in. And they just need to back him. This is this is part of part of the process. People, anyone who's expecting anything different, were a bit giddy and a bit naive after having the four wins on the bounce. And Man United aren't near competing with Manchester City just yet. That's not their immediate concerns. They're in that European Champions League contending thing along with the usual suspects. And they've already beaten Arsenal and the Bin Dippers out of that. So if you look at it, judging against who, who your nearest rivals are, it's not it's not bad at all. I mean, everybody's going to lose to Manchester City. Um and you just have to take your hat off and say, you know, they're very lucky that Abu Dhabi put their money in Stockport. But other than that, you know, it's it's a different competition. And you know that City will eventually cock it up in the Champions League. So there's that to look forward to. Just right off the league and, and just consider everything else part of the process, really. I wouldn't be too downhearted about it. I think it, it you learn more from defeats. So United have been learning an awful lot just recently. But um, it'll come. it's come to the stage now where... You can see where the manager was keeping faith with the same players, but now he has to make that change. Uh, Casemiro's got to come in, and you you think he needs to sort out the the centre forward situation. And there's a Europa League game in Cyprus on Thursday, and you'll see major changes there. And then get the, get the road on the show again against Everton. Just don't worry about Manchester City. It was it was always going to happen. Well, let's see what the West Ham perspective is. What do you think about it, uh, Will? You obviously watched it, I take it, did you? Yeah, I have to be honest, I'm not I'm not a Manchester United supporter. Um, but I, I have to admit that they have got a very good squad of players. Um, I think the expectation f- from their fans, or your you know, you fans, is, is sometimes a bit too high. And as Rick said, you know, they've got a really good manager in this time who take it will need some time to get his team together. But you have got some really good players. It's just a get, case of getting them to play well for each other and for the club and for the rest of their teammates. Um, this would take a little bit of time, but as I say, the manager's the right one. It's you know, you're gonna get these games where you're gonna lose. As Rick's saying, that Man City are a class above. 
you know, the goals they scored was just incredible. And, you know, you, you, you got to say, take your hat off to Man United because it, it wasn't more than six. Yeah. You know, so, you know, Man United is a work in progress. They'll get better. They've got the right manager. It's, it's expectations need to be lowered a bit by the Man United fan club. Um, and you'll be fine. You know, I'm sure you'll be in the top four, easily in the top six this season. So, you know, you've got to move just steady progress. Well, fortunately, Liverpool aren't doing very well either. So, uh, Mr Thorpe is not going to be able to take too much uh, uh, attack to me. But uh, what do you reckon, Paul? Um, anyway, well, I'll just... Just one let's... thing, Adrian. Adrian, just saying about the United situation, it's something that I've uh, niggle as soon as anyone's talking about United. If you imagine... If the Glazers had bought City instead of United, of course they wouldn't have done, because at the time I think Man City were in Division 4 or something, so they wouldn't have been interested in them. But that whole situation would be completely different now. Man City are where they are because of the sports-washing money that has admittedly been spent really well, and it's a perfect footballing machine, but it has nothing to do with Manchester City at all. Mm. And you know, Yeovil, Yeovil, if the Glazers had, uh, Glazers had bought Man City, then they'd be playing Yeovil this weekend, probably. Well, let, let's face it. We were talking earlier about um, about Mr. Harland, and I mean, you know, he is he is a freak, isn't he? he he's just a freak of almost of nature. I mean, it, the the way he just the ball seems to attract it to him, and as soon as he hits it, it's straight in the net. It's just unbelievable. Well, I mean. He's, he's also very lucky because he's got that modelling career he can fall back on if the, <laughs> if the football doesn't work out. Well, hair fix. Uh, the, um, the, there's a lot of stuff in the press now, and it's, it's always easy to... Um, United, United make good copy, but there's, there's stories about how United missed out on the opportunity of signing him for, for £20 million back when he was um, at Leipzig, and just before he moved <clears> to Dortmund. But that was that was because the deal was virtually done because Oli Gunasolskars, United's manager at the time, had managed Haaland at Mulder. He went away thinking that the deal was done, and then the Glazers' boy, Mister Woodward, came in and wouldn't agree to the deal. So uh, another one that anybody in any doubt of the Glazers' footballing genius, they put the kibosh on that one as well. Yeah, well, they are a bit of a pain. Are you are you there now, Paul? Can you hear us all right? Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yes, yes. So um, brilliant. We were just talking brilliant. about the. Uh... Yeah, you just missed that on the United thing, Thorpey. Unlucky, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I take it you saw yeah. it, did you, Paul? Yes, I did. Yes. And your yeah. thoughts? Uh, I. Well, no, I, I agree with with everybody's thoughts. Really, like um, you know, I, I think that they're a class above everybody else. They they bought phenomenally well. It does make you wonder why other top clubs didn't didn't go for for Haaland. Um, because he's a class act, and um, I think he's if he carries on the way he is, I think it's the uh, 66.5 goals he's going to score this year. Um, but um, I, I just think that you know Man City can open up any side if if they're on if they're on their game, you know, and if if the Greedy starts playing well, and and uh, you know all the players, the squad they've got is you know we've talked about it before is is phenomenal, and and like you're rebuilding, so. You know, I haven't really got anything more to say than the fact that your your um, work in progress. There are certain factors that that um, need to be addressed. The managers already started addressing them uh, by by dropping certain people, and um, you know the the revival 
has, has basically started. It's a massive club. Um, and uh, I, I fear for Liverpool, really, because, you know, I can see like a little bit of a change. I think that at the moment, we're, we're lacking in confidence. We're not playing as well. We've got an ageing midfield. Uh, we haven't bought as well as what I would expect for, for our level of football. And um, it's going to be certainly interesting, but they're, they're miles, miles apart, miles apart. I, I think that, and I know Rick um, likes to put his little two-penny worth in with uh, the, the financial side and not winning the Champions League, but I, I do think their aim this year has to be the double. It has to be league and yeah. um, Champions League, you know, and um, I think that he's been close in the past, but now, you know, he, he's, he's got... It almost like the puzzle's almost being completed by by the sign of Haaland. You know, I just think that you know when you when you see the, the the passes that are going into the box now compared to the first two or three games of the season and even in pre-season, you know they're starting to sort of link up. Now, when this team starts firing, I don't even think they're firing yet. I mean, De Bruyne, De Bruyne's not even getting mentioned sometimes, I and mean, he's a hell of a player. Um, Foden. You know, coming up with with a with a hat trick, and um, you know, and there's more to come in. You've got Mares, who can't even get in the side now. He's still a hell of a player, and um, I just think that they're 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 well and truly above anybody else at the moment. But the big one for them is the Champions League, and it'll be interesting to see um, see what happens. I mean, Manchester United for me and Liverpool both got to make top four. Both got to make top four, and it's not going to be easy. It's certainly not going to be easy for Liverpool. I, I did say at the start of the season, I said I could feel just feel something not not quite right. Um, I'd been on a couple of like um, forums and uh, I just just felt there was not something right this year. And uh, you know, I'm not surprised we're having a tough time. Thorpe, what, what what's not quite right? Sorry, what's, Paul. What, uh, what's what is it? The defence? Do you feel it's the defence? No, 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 no. I see everybody goes. As soon as you start losing games, everybody goes defence, defence, defence. I, I, we lost you again. I think we're missing uh, Mane's uh, work rate up front. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was. It was certainly underrated. Yeah. You know, and he's not having the best time over over at uh, Bayern Munich either. Like you know, but I think the. The, the engine room, I spoke to, um, no, I was listening to Graham Souness and he was absolutely spot on. He he said the engine room of is not working. Do you, you know, think it's not working hard enough? Yeah. Paul, do, you, do you think that Klopp's put all his eggs in the Bellingham basket for next summer? <clears throat> he's failed to a gym with like Milner, Henderson, both getting older in there. And yeah. There's no. Apart from Thiago and maybe Fabinho, there's not really a world-class player in there, is it? Because they're either just over the hill yeah. or they're very young. And it's like, yeah. it, it does seem to be that Bellingham is the one that they're hanging out for, but just like everybody else is at the moment. Well, they don't like spending the coffers, do they, Liverpool? At the no. moment? And, and, I, and I get that, I get that. And we've got to realise that we're not quite up there with, with the likes of, uh, of, of Man City because they've got this endless pot and they don't mind paying the fines, but you know, I, I think you're dead right. When, when you've got two phenomenally gifted players, but at the top level, when you're like, we talk about like in games uh, when, when I played about being half a yard short, they only have to be a quarter of a yard short and they're not getting anywhere near this ball. You know, the top level, you know, when I, I watched, um, I watched uh, 
the, the, the biggest thing for me in the Manchester City Man, Man United game was the fact that that they they just gave them too much space in midfield. You know, it was just ridiculous how much space they had. It was actually very very clever what he did because he pulled the players that were on uh, Fernandez and um, <coughs> McTominay actually dragged yeah. them on, leaving yeah. the middle. Yeah, but as players, as a player, you don't you listen. The, the, the manager says this, this, this before the game, okay? Yeah. And 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 that's the game plan. He tells you exactly what. And Brian Hall was like, you know, streaks ahead of anybody else. But whilst you're out there, if a situation changes, you don't go, Gaffer. What do we do now? You have to yeah. sort it out between yourselves. Game management, you know, isn't it, by the players? So, on the field. so when's when's I'd say when's McTominay going to grow up? When's he going to grow yeah. up? When's he going to concentrate for 90 minutes of football? To me... When's, when's he, he going to dictate a game? Exactly. He's all very well doing the bits and pieces he does, but he doesn't... If we're, Going back to when I was going up a lot, an awful lot, you'd see it was in the Roy Keane era. And yes. I swear one time... Sorry about this, Will, but it did happen in, in January when I watched him. And I swear he beat West Ham on his own. Yeah. And that's the sort of performance you want and you need... If you're gonna, if you're going to be a, a proper force in the, in the English game, you can't be hundred percent, hundred percent. Roy Keane. They talk about reading the game. Roy Keane used to read a, a game, and if it changed yeah. or if somebody was playing too well, he sort them out. He sort them out. Yeah, is that you know, he, He'd say, right, you you sort him out, right, and, and then then that release us because he's over your side of the pitch. You put him out of the game. But there's no, there's no like you say like leaders and you know and we talk about reading the game as well like but leaders of a, of a football team, you know like when Sunes was in there he'll tell you there wasn't just him and maybe two others they had a they had a room full of like leaders there you know and um, you know when when you had the um, the class of, of you know the nineties like players they were leaders they wouldn't accept they wouldn't accept second best you had the Gary Neville's even Phil Neville everybody said like. Phil Neville was was one of one of of um, Ferguson's best players. He even said it when he went to Everton. He was in the change room, unbelievable. <laughs> They're all, now you think him what you watch him play, you think he was a quiet player, but he's not. He's in there, and they're all organised. They're all saying, "Right, we've got a problem over here now. Right, we'll sort it out." I don't I don't see that from McTominay, and I don't. That's why I don't think he's good enough because we're talking we're talking at the elite. Of the Premiership, which is globally the best league in the world because of the pace we play at. Right? But there aren't any. You look. You look around the the Premier League. There aren't that many of that sort of player anymore because players seem to. I don't know. They just. They Robots. don't seem to have that in the in their game. There's Declan Rice, and other than that, Calvin Phillips Declan, when he's on his day. But other Declan than that, Rice, Declan Rice gone off the boil. Well, hang on, hang on. We've got, a West, we've got a West Ham man with us. What is has he yep. done off the boil? Will? Well, he's not making so many headlines. Um, he's he's still playing well. The games I've seen on the box, um, his his private life's changed a bit. And I know this is probably boring, but he's got a little kiddie now, so he's probably not going to bed till two o'clock in the morning. No, um, it's, but it's going to take him time to his body to adjust, isn't it? Exactly. Um, and and with West Ham. He relied, you know, I heard something the other day, there was some, you know, like Mike Noble left. Um, yeah. There were some players, like, there was another one, Ryan Fredericks, who hardly played a game, but he was a, a leader in the dressing room. And I yeah. think you, you, you don't always see the leader on the pitch 
You know, there were a lot of times that it's in the dressing room before a game. And another one who was quite good was Diop, who, you know, was a bit average on the pitch, but he gave a lot in the dressing room. And I think maybe with yeah. Manchester United, they haven't even got the dressing room leaders. And that's the problem with them. Well, that's yeah. one thing Roy King's been consistently banging on about for the last two, three seasons, is the character of the players. Ten Hag's yeah. come and he's saying exactly the same thing now. So hopefully that he's, he's brought in a couple of lads from Ajax who he knows do have that character. So hopefully moving forward. But it's not just United. It, it does seem to be the modern game is not doesn't feature those sorts of players as strongly, I don't think. Well, based on what we've, we've been saying today, um, would you start Ronaldo? Yes. In what, Europa League? Sorry? In the Europa League, you mean? Or in well, the... just, just would you start him, period, whichever game you want, you want to go for? Yes. You know what he's going to do, but it, it just depends on how that affects Ten Hag's... Uh, development moving forward because he's a very static uh, person at the top. And if, if you're if you're looking to have movement and whatever, he's not. You know, you're not going to get that from him. But at the same time, he doesn't have to score a lot of goals. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Although not this season, but I mean, he had 24 odd last season, didn't he? So draw them from the bench. I tell you what, he's bloody expensive substitute. Half a million a week to sit on the bench. Yeah. Good gig if you can get it. Yeah, I mean, geez. but he doesn't want it. I think he'll. I think that January has got. To, he's got to go at January. He's got to go for his own. For his own, you know. I mean, to sit on the bench all season and still, you know, one of the top players in the world. He wants to play. Yeah, you can see that. There was. I was listening to a United podcast today, and they said, you know, he he didn't come on. Ten Hag said that he was he was out of respect to him or whatever, but the message clearly wasn't. Uh, put over to Ronaldo because every time he went out to warm up he was giving it beans like he was going to come on so he expected to be part of that game at some point yeah hmm. but a strange thing to say though to say that he didn't play him out of respect for him I, I mean was that on on the fact that we were 4-0 down or whatever you know at one stage in the game or was it just seems a bizarre thing to say it is a bizarre thing, and it sort of backfired because the bloke who did chuck on, who he didn't care about uh, respecting him, scored two goals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it sort of, it he does a look a little ball. bit more interested, doesn't he, Martial? Yeah. F from yeah. last yeah. season, I mean, anyway. He's going to be a go to number nine for the rest of the season now, unless somebody else comes in in January. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's hope he pulls his finger out. Yeah. Well, well, that's United. Anyway, we'll move on there. Um, I've got a little sort of random um, question to chuck in to you lot. Um, who's going to be the star of the forthcoming World Cup? Leandro Trossard. Now, there's a player. Oh, yes. <laughs> who's he play for? <laughs> oh, who's he play for, Thorpey? Did he have a good game at the weekend? I'll tell you what. You have a look at, you look at his performances... Um, last season and you have a look at his performances for, for Belgium it's, it's a wonder a big club hadn't come in for him yeah you know it's, and um, yeah. and they I, I listen to Five Live quite a lot and um, you know and they've all been saying for quite some time now if, they, if Brighton could find a striker to put the ball in the back of the net they're going to be one hell of an outfit because uh -huh. we're the manager now, the manager's now gone 
But I cannot, I can't see anything bar him moving in January to Chelsea. How many goals has he got so far this season? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, he got three on Saturday. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I think that he, um, when, 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 when defenses make mistakes, and that's not just defense, but like you know, collectively. And uh, goals come from mistakes, and um, Liverpool are making too many mistakes at the moment. And, it, and he and he took advantage of. Now he was ruthless. You've got oh. to have a if you've got to have a ruthless streak in you, and he's loving it. He's loving it. And when you're confident, and you're loving your football. And you know, I had one season at Yeovil, and it was just unbelievable. Whatever I did, the ball seemed to be in the back of the net. And um, uh, when when whose net was that then, Paul? Paul? <laughs> no, no, Brian all put me up front for, for two seasons, and you know, and. Um, uh, and and I had one season where I just couldn't miss. And it, when you're that that confident, you're trying things, and they and when they come off, it's unbelievable. And um, it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing, not just physically but mentally. And um, I think that he's a hell of a player. I think he's an up and coming striker. Um, and they're all talking about Tony. If you give Tony the um, you know delivery, he'll score goals. That's not been proven. This lad's proven it. Um, at against really good sides as well. I um, mean, if you look at his goal, at the week- sorry, and Liverpool at the weekend. Yes, and Liverpool at the weekend. As you keep driving into me, <laughs> <laughs> I think I I've been quite good. Something. I think I've been quite good to you so far, You've like, been but, very uh, nice, but you know, you. and we've you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, when you when your captain is is lost confidence like he has at the moment, I think that. You know he's he's got to find that that quick, but it, I also do really believe that in January Liverpool got to buy at least two midfield players because bless them, like the two the two lads, you know Henderson and Milner. And Milner's still at the top of the running in pre-season, which is incredible. But you know, actually in a Premiership game, is is all been at the top of the running. But you've got to be able to do it, at, uh, you know, in a position at, a, in, in a at the right time, in a match situation. Yeah. You know, and I, and I just love to see him now go off and be, you know, both of those players go to the championship and lead from the front and give out their their experience to younger players and um, and still be the force and and not be one of those players that stayed at a top club for too long. I, I wouldn't want to see that for them because I want those two guys to be pure legends at, at Liverpool Football Club and. Um, and I think that it's just passing them by a little bit, and they say it's a it's fine margins. They just they they they, they were getting to the ball last year, and this year they're just not quite getting there. And then that pulls other people out of position. So when when you get your your two your two legends, if you like, in midfield, and they're getting pulled out of position, you know that brings other people out of position, and then all of a sudden your back line's struggling a little bit because one's um, he's getting dragged out as well, and you know and and. and to be fair, uh, Arnold at right back, he's not really a proper right back, is he? Like a no. Trippier. I mean, this just show, goes to show how good Trippier is because, like, I mean, he's a fantastic right back. He's more of a Arnold's more of a wing back, and he needs somebody strong behind him, either in a four-four-two or a three-five-two. Um, and um, you know, and it's uh, it's just it's just making you know teams are all of a sudden saying, "Hang on a minute, they're making a few mistakes." and you know, when you got uh, Trossard, who's in the form of his life at the moment, you know, he's, um, he's, he's made himself into one top striker because he's now making good teams like Liverpool look, look vulnerable. If you, know? you were, if you were the new manager of Brighton, who I have to admit I've never heard of before, but um, 
I don't no, know. neither have I. Uh, but nonetheless, what would you do? You know, you're you're in the job. You know, day one, you know, you you've obviously done your homework on them, I presume, anyway. And would you would you start changing things around, or would you lose it, leave it more or less the same? No. Why no would, way. Why would you? No way. Why when you've got that, when you've got that winning formula, and or you've got a, a formula where the team is playing well, you know, in the Premiership, hey, you don't, you just leave it, yeah. you leave it running. Because so I tell you now, as soon as the problems start, you know, um, it, you try and put them right at the Premiership. It, they, you know, it, it's a ruthless, ruthless league, and those top teams will will find you out, no, no problem whatsoever, and. Uh, no, you leave it, and I think he's openly said, you know, you're playing well. Keep on, keep on enjoying it, but you know, keep on working hard and enjoy it. You know, you know if, and, if uh, I was him, I would be on bended knees to the board saying, please don't sell anyone. Certainly not to uh, secret agent Potter just up the road, because that's yeah. the biggest for them. Is he knows those players inside and out, and he'll be back in January looking for someone. Wouldn't surprise me if it was Trossard. And Brighton need to hang on to the players. That, players that they've got desperately. Mm. Yeah. What, what do you think? Well, you're looking forward to playing uh, Brighton? Um, no, not really. Uh, they, they're a very good team. Just going back to how the new manager is going to react, taking over the team, it must be very difficult because he's got to learn um, how the team is playing because all the backroom staff left as well. So it's a, it's a tough, tough ask for this new uh, Italian manager. Um, yeah. But, you know, as you say... He's got to leave it and do, and tweak it where he feels there might be a little bit of tweaking needed. But he's got to learn yeah. how they're playing, which is difficult because it's not written in a book, is it? You know, how does he do that? Yeah, I think you've nailed no. Well, I think you've nailed it on the head. I mean, what a difficult job that is. You come in behind a manager that is really liked. You know, he's done well uh, with the with with the media. He's really well liked with Twitter, the fans. You know, and there's high expectations now. And all of a sudden, you're coming in, you don't know how they were, how his training regime was going, what they were doing in training. He needs to find that out really, really quickly and keep it going, you know, and um, and find out about his players. Because, I mean, you've got to understand, he doesn't know those players. He's got to find out about their mentalities, who he can actually shout to, who he can't to, you know, he needs to put an arm around and find out about their mentalities. Because, <clears throat> I say, as soon as it, as soon as it goes... The people management side of that uh, of a manager nowadays is huge, and um, he needs to find out his characters and find out his leaders and and find out his you know his, his players who who, who who need somebody behind them, and um, and he needs to do it quickly because otherwise, you know, when you start getting, you know, like Wolves have done, you know, they lost a couple of players, he, they haven't really they spent a bit of money, but not really wisely and all of a sudden a really good manager has job. found it difficult and lost his job yeah. mm. um, I was just about to bring him up actually um, you know the sackings race has obviously started um, I've got down here two for the chop potentially one I don't I don't personally necessarily agree that he should get the sack um, is Steve Cooper and two is, is Brendan Rodgers because obviously yeah. You know, Leicester are really struggling. They they don't seem to be able to pick a pick a goal or a win that's from it. anywhere. You know, that's what Rick and I were just discussing. You know, like uh, before we came back on air, it's uh, you know, it's it's a it's a massive massive game tonight. Yeah, massive game. Mm. This early in the season and it's so huge. This game, it's uh, 
it's incredible. And yeah, Bridget Rogers loses tonight. I think he, I think he potentially go. Well, I don't Rich think he'll lose Scott, tonight. Though, personally, I think at home in See, front of a, a full house um, King Power, I, I think they'll 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 drag out a win. Um, I think it's a pity because I think Forest were playing really really well last season, and you know, I, I wonder if if I was one of the Forest players last season. What would I think about how many twenty odd players coming in? It's unbelievable the number of players they pulled in. But, you but know. they they brought this up today on on Five Live, and it's like they had six loanies. They've all gone back to their clubs. Yeah. They had about another six players who were like end of contracts. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, Spence right back, who was a phenomenal talent, who's not playing at the moment, which is probably weird. Getting back on loan, I'd say, but you know, it's um. Yeah, and they then all of a sudden, so they they needed to grow their squad. So now he's got all of a sudden, he's got he's just gone. Well, they, when he arrived at the club, he had one point. He then unbelievably got them promotion, lost most of his squad, and now he's having to try and rebuild a squad with twenty odd players that he's brought in or twenty two players he's brought in. Again, what a hugely difficult job that is. Mm. And I'd like to say to to Nottingham, Nottingham Forest, you know, because they're obviously listening to us. Obviously, it's, obviously, just let him just let him do his job. And if it means you go down again to come back even stronger, then just let him do his job because you've got one of the top young managers in the country there, and not only as a, as a manager as a coach as well. And I honestly believe in the future he's going to be he's going to be a Welsh manager. You know, I think well, you've got. Though, if he does lose his job. He's not going to be short of suitors, is he? I mean, Middlesbrough no. have just got rid of Chris yeah. Wilder today. He can yeah. walk in there and do a job. Given the nature of the job he did in the Championship last season. Yeah, phenomenal. He's, you know, he's well-respected and he won't have any trouble finding another job. No. But it does seem Absolutely strange, not. though, that Wilder, I'm surprised at that, but, you know, having he got all, all the praise he got at uh, Sheffield United when he was there and they were really... Really singing his praises. I mean, he did a good job, even though they did get relegated. I thought so. I'm somewhat surprised that Middlesbrough have given up on him so quickly. It's not Steve Gibson's style, normally, is it? Normally, no, no. it's not. I think, I think um, there was something behind the scenes that he, he talked about a particular striker that just he scored against him actually, and um, and he said that I I wanted him, but the but the board didn't back me. I don't think you can say that. Mm. Mm. You know. Um, You've got to know. You've got to know where you stand, and you don't cross your you don't cross your chairman, especially somebody, you know, of his stature as well, Gibson. I mean, he's been a fantastic chairman to work for, and he's been and he's backed his managers, hasn't he? He's always absolutely, back. absolutely. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't think there was something not quite right behind the scenes, and um, you know, and uh, um, and, and and that's why they're party company. Do, do you think there's some things going on behind the scenes at Leicester because? They had a great, the manager and the chairman had a great relationship. But what suddenly happened to Leicester to make them bottom of the league? Is it, do, you, do you feel it's internal player power, players wanting to leave and not going? You know, Tillmans, for instance, are they not giving 100% to the club anymore? So I think the, the, the feeling well, that I've got, the feeling that I've God. had, right, from talking and listening to other people, sorry, jumping in, Rick. No um, is that um, a lot of the lot of the players say that the manager is a good talker, but he's not a very good people person. Not a very good, you know. He, he doesn't look after his players as well as he probably should do, and not 
in with them. It doesn't have to be in with them, like, but you know, there's people management, and I don't think that's part of it that they, they think he's not quite very good at. And I think he's getting found out a little bit. And um, he's, he's lost them for a bit, but, but um, I think... I don't like. I know we spoke about it at Man United. I don't like player power. I hate it. I don't think yeah. it's right. Because mm. you know, it's about the fans. Every football club's about the fans, you know. And um, and you've got to look after. Them. And that means you've got to give a hundred percent every time you put the shirt on. I don't yeah. care what what's going on behind the scenes. You must give a hundred percent for that football club, you know. And if if they're not, then they need to go. But it's uh, and certainly. T- and to be fair, um, I think Ronaldo is quite professional um despite his situation i think ronaldo's when he comes on he he doesn't sort of just slouch around the place oh, well that's not what i have seen anyway when he has come on not no, he's no, come no, on no, that no, often listen listen, listen ronaldo's an exceptional professional and and he he won't he won't he won't do that he might say things and let things you know he work the media a little bit but but um, no i mean uh, uh, Leicester, <coughs> let's get back to Leicester. it's it's um you know if it is there a lot of them people say about Rogers. He talks a very, very good game. His coaches are the ones that do all the work, and he's not a very good people people man, you know. Mm. And I don't think that that is probably letting him down longer. He's at, at the club. You know, of course, they've uh, lost their goalkeeper, haven't they? You know, Schmeichel's gone. Massive, um, massive, massive loss. Yeah, huge loss to and, Nice of all places. Yeah. Really, really strange move. But there is there is a thing in football, isn't it? If you, which Fergie used to say back in the glory days when football was lovely and United were winning everything. <laughs> if you, uh, you know, the good old days, Sophie. Yeah. Uh, if you stand still, you go backwards. Leicester bought one player. Yeah. And that's it. And so it's the same squad. So that squad is going backwards. Yeah. Of course, you, not, you don't know. You don't know what sort of what what it's like since the guy, you know, sadly got killed in a helicopter crash. I mean, certainly the first the first year there seemed to be pretty much harmony, but I mean, there seems to be a lot of money going into horse racing now rather than football. So whether whether the horse racing arm of King Power is getting more of the money than the football team is, I don't know. Well, they've made a big thing, haven't they, about their financial situation and they need to be stable and self funding and whatever. And I, I, I honestly think that's that's where all these issues have come from because that's meant that funds aren't available for Rogers to uh, to improve his squad, and he's, he's lost Fafana. Who else? Have they? they lost some and um, Schmeichel, obviously. Mm. So you look at that. That's the two vital players in their their defence. And I, I don't know. It just seems it just does just seem flat. But I was saying to Thorpe a minute ago. Um, the thing I heard was the fact that they're not going to sack Rogers for a little while because they can't afford to. Yeah, £10 million pound payout or something. Yeah. So they're going to wait till January, sell someone, so that they can then afford to get rid of the manager, which is just bonkers. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they've only, spent, they've only spent £3 million. Yeah. Now that, that, that is just crazy. You'll get, like, championship players, uh, you know, a team That's spending more than that. Six weeks and, uh, for Ronaldo sat on the bench, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. I mean, how how can he stay at the top level if you're only spending three million? No, it's it's just it's just not it's not it's not sustainable. And um, you know, you need that little turnaround. You need that little boost in there to sort of say, look, pressure's on me now. The pressure's on me now. I've got to perform. I've got to perform. Those players know they're in the squad. They know they're in the team. And I don't care what you say. You know, when you've got somebody on your heels, biting at your heels 
saying, I want your position, I guarantee you you'll play a lot better. Mm. Uh, you're a lot sharper yeah. you know, than, than you are when you say, no, well, I'm in the side, I'm in the side, I'm in the side, you know what I mean? Well, what you about know, you know, um, Jamie Vardy's a prime example? How many goals has he scored this season? Not many. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. but you, if you don't get delivery, you don't, uh, Alan Shearer, yeah. remember the classic, Alan Shearer said, if you don't put the ball in the box, I'm not going to score any goals. All of a sudden, they put a ball in the box, he started scoring goals. Mm. You know? It's yeah. exactly the same. It's not... A, a striker is... is don't you can manufacture goals for yourself, absolutely, of course you can. But every striker will tell you, if he gets the delivery from his team, he'll back himself to score. He'll back himself to score. You are John McGinley, you put the ball... Keep putting the ball in the box, lads. Keep putting it there. Keep giving it to me. Keep feeding me. You know, he's hungry for it, like, you know, and um, that's why he scored a lot of goals. And what, yeah. That's why he went on to, to, to big things. Well, look, we're getting slightly close to the end of the show. There's two more things I wanted to try and get in, if we can. Um, first of all, how do we think Eddie Howe's doing with Newcastle? They, they had a good win on, uh, on Saturday. Um, and secondly, Arsenal, top of the table. Um, what do we think about Arsenal? I'll start with Newcastle, briefly. What do you think? <laughs> Sports um, washing and all. It's doing all right, isn't he? Surprising that they haven't gone uh, football manager crazy and splashed the cash. I think they're trying to actually do it the the right way and build things mm. rather than just go out and and get like was it Man, Man City tried to buy Raul, didn't they? When they first they first came into all that money, but Newcastle do seem to be trying to build a team, build a club. And Eddie Howe is disappointingly doing doing rather well. <laughs> what do you think, Will, from the from the West Ham viewpoint? Um, well, for once, I agree with Rick. Really, which is making me feel a bit. I knew you'd come round. <laughs> no, to, to be fair to Eddie Howe, you know, he, there's been a an, a very there's been a lot of money he could have used. You know, he could have bought anybody. But he's built built a decent team, hasn't he? You know, the players he's got in, like, talking about Trippier, top man, you know, top right back, top player. You know, and he's built built some really good players. So he's not been, he's not been um, taken over by the fact there's loads of money available. He's, he's building a team, and he's building a team for the fans who deserve a bloody good team, you know. Mm. What do you think, Thorpey? Oh, I think he's doing an amazing job. I mean, you say about like uh, Man City want to go Raul and um, a new a Newcastle went and bought Chris Woods, Chris Woods. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what they also did was they got you know they got Nick Pope in, they got Kieran Trippier. He's dropped Joe Linton into midfield, which has been a fantastic. fantastic that is the most uh, amazing bit of management. Yeah, fantastic, ever. fantastic uh, work. You know, and then Joe Linton's working along two uh, young lads. You know, up and coming. Lads, um, and and the other great signing for me was 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 you know an ex Yeovil player, Dan Byrne. Yeah, I think he's yeah, been a fantastic yeah. Matt target. You know, he's um, he's he's I think he's now um, you know he, he's he's done a great job. He's a squad player. You know, long staff the bro, brothers in there. You know, um, he's just I I think and also another he's getting what he's getting out of Ryan Fraser. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible, goal, really. It's, in, it's, it's incredible, and um, I think that he's just done an amazing job. And like you say, he hasn't just gone out there and gone for the big players. He's trying to do it properly, and um, and I, I just, I, for me, 
so far manager of the year for me. He, he did a one, great. One he did a great. Did, sorry, Rick. God, I was just going to say one thing he did last season that was that was very smart, and it it goes back to it's a similar sort of thing that Kenny Dalglish did at Blackburn when they were looking to get promoted. Newcastle, when Eddie Howe came in, were in a relegation fight, so he buys one of his rivals centre forward. Hmm. Burnley's, he buys Burnley centre forward. I remember when Kenny Dalglish bought uh, the lad another Shearer from Swindon or someone when Blackburn were fighting to go up. And if you buy your rival's main goal-scoring threat, it doesn't have to enhance your own team. And that was that was quite smart thinking, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, moving over to Arsenal because we're running out of time slowly now. Oh, quickly, I should say. Um, How many games have Arsenal won against the big club this season? Uh, good question. <laughs> Are we, are we including Man United in this? They've, they've only, only had the one. one. They've only, only played, played one, one and that's United. <laughs> yeah, they haven't played any other big teams. So, who knows? They're not. Who knows? But they're doing OK, aren't they? I mean, you know, they, they certainly proved it against Tottenham. They're more than OK, top of the league. Well, exactly. <laughs> and they beat Tottenham, which, you know, for their point of view, that's their game of the season, isn't it? They beat Tottenham. Um, and what about yeah. the VAR decision on the sending off? What do you think about that? Definitely sending oh. off. No-brainer. Why are people saying definite that it's not, then? I can't, I can't say that, because I thought it was a definite send-it-off, and yet people definite are all... Definite send-it-off. Yeah. I don't know, it's a strange one, that, because there's an awful lot of talk about, oh, no, it, it wasn't. It was a bad decision. <sighs> you know. Hang on. No. I think all the send-it-off this, this weekend would be bang, absolutely bang on. Mm. Nothing wrong with them. You know, if a, play, a player's already booked and he stops a free kick being, being taken... You know, that's the, that's the second bookable. You know the rules of the game. So, so and then, then you're shaking your head saying, why am I being set off? Grow up. What, what yeah, about the, the um, Tiago the one. Yeah, there's a leg breaker. He's right down the back of his calf. I've seen legs broken like that. It's, it, it's absolutely bang on. Oh, you're off. a killing scat into that. You, you, literally, those are bad, bad challenges. And they shouldn't, you know... It, it, when another, another pro professional... Um, you know, gets put out of the game for a long time. And for those tackles, that that's the reason why, you know, the, the red card, straight red card came into play, and I think it's absolutely bang on. The referees have been absolutely spot on. Well, this is a bad interception from my, my point of view now because we're going to have to say cheerio because we are running out of time. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. Thank you, Rick, for joining absolute us. Absolute pleasure. And thank you, no Will, problem. for joining us. I hope it will be the first of many in your case. Absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Jolly good. Yeah, and don't forget to join us on Saturday when we'll have full match coverage of uh, Yeovil Town versus Solihull Moors. But in the meantime, thanks for joining us tonight. Have a good evening, and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye for now. Have you tried to King's Head at Marriott? It's more than just a pub, it's a way of life. Great beers, fantastic atmosphere, extensive locally sourced menu, a wood burner in the winter, regular quiz nights, and live music on a Sunday afternoon. Check out our Facebook page for all the news. The King's Head at Marriott. Telephone 01460 78912. Three Valleys Radio's football coverage is supported by the King's Head.
When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. 